So you might be peeing a whole lot at first, or you might be sweating, like sweat, 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 sweat. It's also just due to hormonal changes. You can pretty much blame any of these weird stuff that goes on with your body on your hormones. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Liesl Teen, and today's episode is a deep dive into postpartum. I am thrilled to connect with you guys on some essential questions that you shared about those precious weeks following childbirth. We are delving into the nitty gritty of postpartum life from managing those initial cramps while navigating breastfeeding to the understanding of the ebb and flow, literal flow, (laughs) pun intended, (laughs) of post-birth bleeding. We'll also explore C-section recovery signs to watch for any red flags before that six-week checkup, and demystify the phenomenon of postpartum night sweats. After this episode, you can continue learning in episode 167, Preparing for Postpartum. But now, go ahead and grab a cup of tea or coffee or whatever you drink, (laughs) find a cozy spot, and let's dive into our postpartum Q&A. Oh boy, I decided to make this episode interesting more interesting after I recorded the intro. So I didn't say what I was going to do in the intro just now, but I have 10 questions here, okay, about postpartum stuff. And, you know, I'm here by myself. It's about uh, 10.30 on a Friday night. My children are asleep. I'm just alone. And sometimes maybe I just need to have somebody else on with me reading me these questions. Um, But I don't have anybody to call right now at 1030 at night. So I pulled up my handy dandy TikTok app and I'm just going to have TikTok read me these questions in silly voices. I don't know. Let's do it. Okay, let's see how it goes. So question number one is from Victory. Ready? Can I get some help with cramps while I'm breastfeeding during those first few days after birth? What's that about? Well, Victory, I will tell you what that's about. So first of all, the reason that you get cramps after birth, um, and particularly while you're breastfeeding, is because that uterus of yours just had a baby and it is really, really stretched out and it's got to cramp really, really hard back down to its original size. And those cramps are not going to feel like those contractions that you were having during birth, but they're not going to be nothing. And when you breastfeed, your body gives off that hormone, oxytocin, which can cause that cramping to be a little bit worse, more intense for some people. For some people, really not at all. Sometimes what I hear is that when you first kind of latch on those first few minutes, you kind of get those cramps, but then they subside. Some people have cramps, you know, throughout their whole breastfeeding sessions. Some people have like post-breastfeeding cramps. It's kind of all over the place. But breastfeeding, no doubt, 
definitely makes cramping usually a little bit worse, at least at first. So here are a few things that you can do, Victory, to help. Number one, definitely keep taking that ibuprofen and Tylenol around the clock. We want to stay on top of that pain instead of, you know, just taking pain medicine like when you start to feel that cramping. So that's number one. Another thing you can do is get a nice warm heating pad, okay? They have the ones that you can stick in the microwave. I like those, but honestly, I have a heating pad that I can just plug in, and I would recommend that, those things all day. Uh, I love that thing <laughs> when I was postpartum. You just plug it in. Uh, it warms right up real fast, and then you don't have to like get up and put it in the microwave, and it cools down. It just stays hot the whole time. So get yourself one of those heating pads. It will be your BFF. All right, this next question is from Metro. Let's hear it. When can you shower and bathe after birth? Oh, she's from Down Under, Australia. Yes, that sounds like an Australian accent at least. I didn't know what, I'm just picking these at random, guys. Okay, so let's help Metro with her showering and her bathing. So typically, you can take a shower pretty much once you can move your legs and stand up on your own and your vital signs are stable. Usually this is about two hours postpartum if you have an epidural. If you don't have an epidural, even sooner than that if you want to. Some people do take a little bit longer than that to get up and actually do, you know, actually like go into the full shower But other people are like, let me get that shower as soon as I possibly can. (laughs) Um, But yeah, showering is pretty much when you feel ready. That's the answer. If you have a C-section, it might be a little bit longer. But once again, it's kind of just whenever your body feels ready and when you feel ready to, you know, get up and do it. In terms of bathing in a bath, though, uh, it depends on your provider, obviously. But most of the providers that I work with recommend waiting a few weeks, usually about six weeks until patients go to that six week postpartum visit before you get into like a full tub bath, just because everything's still healing down there. But in terms of showers, yeah, you can shower whenever you feel ready. Okay, question number three is from Santa. I know it's after Christmas, but we had to hear Santa ask us a question. Let's hear it. Is it normal to almost stop bleeding and then it pick back up again? (laughs) Actually, Santa, it is normal to almost stop bleeding and then you kind of get these little what we call spurts. I remember this happening after I had Walter, after I had my first baby. I remember getting texts from my friends asking if this was normal after they had their babies who were labor deliver nurses. This is something that... People just don't tell us that. You think that, okay, when you get your period, right? We've all had our periods. Um, Well, I guess I might have some male listeners. But anyways, we've all had periods and we kind of know how periods go, right? It's like you get the heavy bleeding at first, right? And then it's like it kind of slows and it progresses or doesn't progress, get worse. But, you know, you can kind of tell as it's getting lighter. Well, with postpartum bleeding, I do like to describe it as a normal period, but just like longer in duration, but sometimes you do have these like random spurts that will come back. So you're bleeding heavier for a few days, you know, for a week, you know, another week goes by and it's starting to get lighter and lighter. And you're like, okay, this is seeming like it's kind of starting to go away. And then bam, one day you open up your pad, (laughs) you know, you sit down and go to the bathroom and you're like, wait a second, why is this red? Why is this rusty color? What's going on? I thought things were going back to normal. 
Well, sometimes this happens because your uterus, your uterine lining is shedding and it's healing. It's like a big old scab in there. And sometimes as it's healing, we get like one of those big pieces of scabs that just kind of break off. And it looks like you were, you know, like you were bleeding in those first few days. It's usually minor. We don't want to start bleeding really, really heavily consistently where we're changing our pad once an hour, like that sort of thing. You're passing really heavy clots. But this is within that realm of normal to have your bleeding kind of taper off and seemingly go away. And then, bam, you get like a little weird spurt. It's weird, but it definitely happens. Don't worry, Santa. You'll be fine. Not sure what you need to care for yourself down there after birth. I've been there. (laughs) Not stocking up on postpartum essentials before I gave birth to my first was one of my biggest mistakes. I don't know what I was thinking, guys. But now as a two-time mama, I know a thing or two about postpartum recovery and exactly what you need to make it through this stage as comfortably as possible. For a completely free checklist of what you need to stock up on for those early postpartum days, just head over to mommylabornurse.com slash postpartum checklist. That's mommylabornurse.com slash postpartum checklist, all one word, to grab the PDF for free today. Question number four. Let's hear it. This one is from Billy. Tips for C-section recovery. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, Billy. So I'm going to give you a few, but I'm also going to refer you to another podcast episode that I've done on this topic as well. And that is episode 81. It's called, I wish I knew this before having my C-section. I talk a lot about recovery in that episode, but I will give you a couple highlights from that episode too. Okay. In this episode, I took a lot of user-generated answers. So I put out on my Instagram story, like, if you've ever had a C-section, give me your best recovery tip. Because I've never had C-sections. I've had two vaginal births. I wanted to hear from you guys. So a couple of my best ones were that it hurts to laugh, okay? And that means if you are laughing, if you're sneezing, if you're coughing, any like extra abdominal pressure, make sure you take like a small pillow or a rolled up towel and put that over your C-section scar as you're laughing or as you're sneezing or as you're coughing to kind of put pressure on it so it's not as like crazy intense. So that's number one. Another person said that they wish they knew that their milk would take a little bit longer to come in. She said hers took five days to come in, and that is actually true. It kind of depends on your C-section and what went on during your birth, but this is not unheard of for your milk to take a little bit longer to come in, especially if you've labored for a really long time, you're getting a lot of extra fluids during surgery, maybe you lose a little bit of extra blood. So just be on the lookout for that. Another person said that they wish they had known that the sooner they move, the better. Yes, I cannot scream that louder. We obviously don't want to be doing anything before we're ready, but even just simple like exercises in the bed, moving around, doing like bicycles in the bed, things like that can really, really help a lot. Movement is fabulous for your body during this healing period. And then finally, someone said that they wish they had known about the gas pains after surgery. Yes. Oh my goodness. 
I have had surgery. I've had my appendix out. Okay. So nothing, it's not crazy intense abdominal (laughs) surgery. It was laparoscopic, but I do remember these gas pains. Yes, because you can kind of get air trapped up in there and they can be really, really intense. So make sure you're taking your gas X. Okay. (laughs) That is the last tip. And like I said, if you want more, be sure to tune into episode 81. All right. Now for question number five. What signs or symptoms should I look out for that there might be something wrong with my recovery before the six-week appointment? That question was from uh, Empathetic is her name. Yes, great question, actually. I did already mention one of them, excess bleeding. If you're passing uh, heavy clots or you're changing your pad more than once an hour, we definitely want to be calling about that. If you are having extreme abdominal pain, or extreme pain in your legs, if you're having a really, really bad headache, basically any really, really bad pain, okay, you want to call. This usually signifies something is not right. If you're having any signs of infection, so that means if you're having a fever, if you've had a C-section, you're having like oozy or, you know, there's a foul smell coming from your C-section scar. If you're having foul smelling discharge, we want to be sure to call about that. If you're having any respiratory, cardiopulmonary issues, okay, you're having chest pain, you're having trouble breathing, obviously, yes, we want to call about that. And then finally, if you are having any extreme signs of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum psychosis, typically these can either happen really, really fast, or if you've been having baby blues and they're starting to get a little bit more severe, it's been a few weeks since birth and you're like, these are not baby blues, something is wrong. Uh, We want to be sure to call our provider about that as well. All right, question number six is from Bestie. Let's hear it, Bestie. The postpartum night sweats. Why? I know, right? Yeah, they're weird. It's weird. Why Why am I sweating through my clothes all of a sudden? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you why. So this is kind of just your body getting rid of some of that excess fluid, blood flow really that you accumulated during your pregnancy. And it comes out in either urine. So you might notice that you'll be kind of urinating a little bit more frequently during postpartum as well. I know it's kind of annoying because you thought you were over that, but it's short-lived usually. So you might be peeing a whole lot at first, or you might be sweating, like sweat, 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 sweat. It's also just due to hormonal changes. You can pretty much blame any of this weird stuff that goes on with your body on your hormones. But yeah, it usually only lasts a few days, at most, maybe a week or two. Uh, it's not fun. I'm sorry. I wish it wasn't a thing. Um, but just, you know, get some extra sheets and sleep naked. I, I don't know. All right. Question number seven. Ready? What should I tell my partner to look out for regarding PPD? PPA. That is a great question. And that one was from Ginger Chime. So let me tell you, I've done podcast episodes on this subject. I've been on podcast episodes and talked about the subject. I've also personally dealt with postpartum anxiety myself. And the one thing that I can say consistently is as a partner, if your wife, girlfriend, partner, whoever is just not herself. They are just not their self, okay? I'm not talking about 
baby blues, a little bit of sadness and a little tearful here, but they are just not themselves. That is a sign. Okay. I can list out all of the things like excessive crying, hopelessness, Obviously, like she's saying things that are very worrisome, like she's threatening or this and the other, right? But the main thing we want to take from this is that if your partner, for whatever reason, you just feel like they are just not them, something is wrong, that is enough of a reason to call. Question number eight. This one is going to be from Granny. When can I expect my first period to be? What will that be like? (sighs) Kind of ironic that that was asked by Granny, Um, because I'm sure Granny has had many, many periods in her life. But anyways, so time frame, it's usually about four to six-ish weeks if you're not breastfeeding. And that's a big if, right? If you're breastfeeding, gosh, there is a big range, okay? Because basically what happens when you're breastfeeding is you are suppressing ovulation, And a lot of times we don't see these moms get their periods back for months, sometimes years. It really just depends on when that milk supply regulates to a certain point to where your body's like, oh, I can have another baby now. For some moms, again, that's early, six to eight weeks. I've seen moms who are exclusively breastfeeding, no lie, still get their periods back that early. Some moms don't get them back until they have completely stopped breastfeeding. There is no nipple involvement. There's no milk coming out at all. And then they get their period back. I would say though, the average like breastfeeding mom uh, past six months, between that six month and year mark, probably going to see a period sometime in that time frame. But again, it is a big, big what if and what's going on. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, another Birth It Up Baby round two. Oh, a veteran Birth It Up Baby. <laughs> Love it. She says, with my first pregnancy, I took your natural course and then switched to the C-section course because my baby was breech. I had a great C-section and recovery experience with my first, so I tried not to be too bummed when I didn't get a TOLAC opportunity this time around. Another breech babe. Oh, that's crazy. Two breech babies. So that tells me that probably some kind of anatomy with your uterus and your babies like to sit breech. I don't know. She says, and this time we actually made it to the scheduled appointment date and time. I truly felt like the information from both courses helped me to stay calm and relaxed throughout the entire experience. I actually used breathing techniques from the natural course to manage pain and discomfort both before surgery and during recovery. In the OR, I stayed firm in my request for a clear drape, even though it seemed that everyone was not used to that request and wasn't sure where to find one. They made it happen. Baby was born at 9.56 a.m. on Friday, November 3rd. Oh, and then she sent a little picture. So sweet. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. Okay, two more questions. Question number nine is going to be from Bay. I don't think we've done Bay yet, right? Yeah, we haven't done Bay yet. Okay, let's hear it, Bay. How long is hair loss common for? When should you be worried? Bay sounds like she is from up north in the northern part of the country. Yeah. 
Uh, so postpartum hair loss. Yeah, not so fun. First of all, usually most moms will see it at about that three to four month mark. And this is because all of that hair that you accumulated during your pregnancy, it has this hair growth cycle and it goes into that next stage of the cycle and all those hairs typically start to uh, shed and just come out at that three to four month mark. Obviously, if you're breastfeeding, it can be a little bit longer, but from most people, regardless of if you're breastfeeding or not, it's usually about three or four months. It can last quite a bit of time, but I would expect it to be the heaviest for a couple weeks, right? Right at that three to four month mark. And then we'll have these little baby hairs sometimes appear in the crowns of our temples and our our foreheads and just it's fun times. Um, But postpartum hair loss should not truly affect your life past that year mark. And I'm sorry, I know that sounds like a really, really long time and it is. And I, I feel for you. I know it sucks. But if it is still pretty extreme past that year mark, that is when you might want to talk to your provider because this could be a hormonal issue. Your thyroid levels might need to be checked and you know there might be something else going on. But unfortunately, it's just, it's something that is a part of the process. It's normal and we all deal with it, you know, in some way, shape or form. There are definitely supplements that you can take. Use the lightest shampoo that you can. And don't be too hard on your hair. Don't be, you know, braiding it really, really tight or putting it in like really, really hard ponytail holders, really, really tight ponytail holders. And even a lot of product buildup can make a difference. So try to ease up on the product. I know dry shampoo is great. And we all love dry shampoo. And I love dry shampoo during postpartum. But don't go too heavy on like a whole lot of products because that can weigh your hair down and make it a little bit worse too. And obviously... I'm not a hairstylist, but reach out to your hairstylist. They might have some tips for you. I have different hair than you might. So your hairstylist might have different tips for your hair type. All right. Are we ready for the last and final question? Does it change your second time round? Is it an easier or harder recovery or pretty similar? That question was submitted by Lord Cringe is his name. (laughs) or her name. I can't really tell if the little emoji person is a male or female. But yes, Lord Cringe, I will tell you that obviously recovery experiences can vary, right? For each pregnancy, you might have some moms coming on here saying it was way harder the second time around, way harder because I had another baby that I had to take care of. And I had a C-section this time and I didn't have, you know, or this was different or that was different or whatever, right? Life experiences were different. But I will say, for the most part, from the majority of people that I've talked to, just recovery alone, if you just look at that, okay, like how your body recovers and how you're taking care of your baby, just familiarity, you know, how to do certain things, right? It usually is a little bit easier the second time around. Just because you have that experience from the first time to go off of. You don't have to be Googling quite as many things and like it's not as much of a shot in the dark, okay? Even with all of the birth prep that I know you've done from taking your mommy labor nurse birth class, the first time around can be quite a shock to your system, really. And the second time around, you have that experience, 
Your body's also been through it once. So typically that body recovery is a little bit easier, but I will say it's individualized. Not everybody's going to agree with that. But from what I have heard and seen and personally what I believe, um, my second time was definitely a lot easier because I knew kind of what to expect and I knew how to set myself up. So I didn't have as even though I did give birth in COVID the second time around, I set myself up with a postpartum plan and I just felt like it was a little bit easier, easier the second time around. So I hope that answered that question. I hope that was a great little informative episode that I did for you guys with my little TikTok voices. Like I said, it's 1030 at night and I was in the mood to hear some other voices besides my own. (laughs) Next week on the Mommy Liver Nurse podcast, we are going to be talking about what happens if you have your baby in the car or at home or unexpected or just you have to deliver your baby yourself. It's going to be a fast paced and fun episode. I'm really excited because I'm going to record it right now, (laughs) right when I end this one, I'm going to start recording the next one. So I will see you guys same time, same place next week. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth and newborn life. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.